coming to you from deep inside the bowels of a great big empty. Get ready for another episode of The Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. And that was Golden Glenn, the official announcer of The Home Defense Show, and I'm your host, Skip Coriel, author of 22 books, Marine Corps veteran, founder of the Second Amendment March, proud father of seven, grandfather to 19 and counting. And as a special bonus, I'm also madly in love with my own wife. My priorities in life are God, family, and country in that order, and I hereby promise to never compromise in my convictions. I may go broke, but I'll never go woke. Folks, we've got a great show for you today. First, we'll speak with Van Wynn, a retired DEA special agent, as we discuss the correlation between drugs, crime, and the southern border. Then we'll be speaking with Steve Sulzey from the great state of Missouri in our shootingclasses.com self-defense report where we get some expert advice on the details of self-defense. But before we get too far into the show, let's thank our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, shootingclasses.com, and Centershot Indoor Gun Ray. All right. You know what? Instead of me giving you my opinion on something that I think today, I want to forego that. And we have a special guest for this segment. We have none other than the legendary, the famous, the infamous Golden Glenn, the official announcer of the Home Defense Show. Golden (laughs) Glenn, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Good morning, Skip. That's that's quite an intro. I hope I don't disappoint. Oh, you will not disappoint. Every week you delight our listeners with your golden, voluptuous, wonderful... (laughs) Uh, <laughs> your incredible voice, Glenn. <laughs> oh, you're too kind. Stop, stop, please. Well, maybe a little more. Yeah, well, anyway. you can pay me for it later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Glenn, you and I, we have known each other for a very long time. Uh, you remember when we first met? I do. Um, let me think here. Second, your very first second amendment. No, no. We, um, my business partner and I, who's no longer with us, we took the basic uh, CPL course from you. I don't know. I was skinnier and I had more hair then, <laughs> but it was uh, quite a long time ago. I've since had maybe three more advanced classes from you and one from Darleaf. So, so you don't need to think about it. So thank you for that tip. <laughs> you are so welcome. And then after uh, the training, uh, you you helped me. It was you and uh, and Bob, uh, Bob uh, Vermeulen, you know, God rest mm-hmm. his soul. You helped me out with the Second Amendment March with filming and doing some ads and, and things like that. So, you know, I know... Glenn, you've been doing this kind of work, this voiceover work and video stuff and for, for like a long, long time. Uh, tell, tell us your background. I uh, was a late bloomer as a Jesus follower. So I was about 27 years old. And within two years, I knew I had to go train for the ministry. Well, I couldn't talk in front of people. So that was going to be a big hurdle. And I had started... Grisboom, uh, I think that was a competitor to where you went to school. 
Yeah, yeah. Grand Rapids School of the Bible and Music. I remember yes, that. Yes, yes. Or if you were single, it was School of Basketball and Matrimony. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the year I started, there was a young fellow whose family owned five pre privately owned Christian broadcasting thing. And, you know, marble walls, hard ceiling, marble floors. I had one conversation. His name was Jim Bolthouse and said, you got to be in radio. And I said, you don't understand. I can't talk in front of people. <laughs> well, I eventually made it to the, uh, the radio station down on the lower level, and they gave me my own uh, radio program, something I needed, a little more pressure as a married student with two kids working full time. But mm -hmm. that's what kicked it all off. And then it was there. The uh, music majors would need, uh, well, I need an announcer. And they said, well, if you can get him. So I had to, you know, learn by doing. It was pretty terrifying at first, but. You make it sound so it. easy, though, Glenn. I mean, what, when, when you're doing voiceover stuff, it's kind of like your voice was made for this kind of work. I think you're right. My mother said I had all kinds of throat problems as a toddler growing up, and I think that paid off in the long run. Anyway, nothing well, I asked for, but it did have to, you know, get over my shyness. So. Yeah. Well, you certainly have a face for radio. So Don't stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll slap you. <laughs> I know. Hey. Glenn, I I really appreciate you. I appreciate all that you've done for me over the years. Hey, you you're also a reloader. You, you like to to reload the, you know, ammunition, don't you? I do. I used to say, well, I like making bullets. And then another gun instructor said, no, you make cartridges. Oh, yeah. Yes, that's right. Cartridges. I buy the bullets and I turn them into cartridges. <laughs> so so what is your what's your favorite carry gun glenn well that'd be the beretta nine millimeter f92 that's a nice gun that was my very first uh handgun purchase a long time ago and oh it's still it'll outshoot me so well isn't isn't that the same pistol that uh bruce willis used in die hard I think so. I think it is the Beretta 92 FS. So you are in good company. Well, okay. Well, it worked at the Nakatomi building. It'll work for you. <laughs> and now I have a machine gun. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I love, I, I love that movie. As long as we're on that subject, we should probably get you to weigh in. Is it a Christmas movie or? Is it an action-adventure movie only? Oh, it's action-adventure. Yeah, so it centers around Christmas. Come to California. It'll be fun. We'll have some yeah, laughs. Yeah, yeah. Have a blast. Well, actually, <laughs> um, it is a Christmas movie. I mean, just so that you know. Okay. It's the best Christmas movie this side of It's a Wonderful Life. Can't you see Jimmy Stewart? playing the part of John McClane in Die Hard. Would that be so cool? Well, let's see. 
Well, actually, I prefer Roy Rogers with the sequin shirts. Oh, okay. Um, well, that would work no, too. That... Oh, I'm not. I'm not seeing it. Ah, uh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I like them both. They're both. Uh, they're both uh, great, great actors. All right. Well, hey, Glenn, it was great of you to come on the the show today. I just wanted all of the. Um, listeners to find out a little bit about the man behind the golden voice oh shucks <laughs> shucks well, a lot. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, it's a pleasure i and always enjoyed your company and uh uh oh even the times on the gun range when you chewed me out well it's just a golden well no like are you still doing that what are you, what's wrong with you you were always <laughs> kind about it so, well, folks, Skip Coriel does not have a mean bone in his body. So you right. need to know that. Part of my charm. <laughs> All right. All right, folks. If you want to learn how to protect yourself and your loved ones, then you need to check out our sponsor, United States Concealed Carry Association. Just go to uscca.com and see how they can help you protect and defend the ones you love. This is Skip Coriel on the Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll be interviewing Van Wynn, a retired DEA special agent, as we discuss the correlation between drugs, crime, and southern border. Then we'll be speaking with Steve Salsey with the great state of Missouri in our shootingclasses.com self-defense report. And now, Glenn, I want you to do this last part. Just say, in the meantime, God bless and stay safe. We'll be right back. Do it in your best voice. In the meantime, stay safe, practice your gun handling, and we'll see you next time. Awesome. Some say his face is painfully ugly, and I agree, but who cares? This is radio. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. And that was the beautiful and sultry voice of Golden Glenn, the official announcer of the Home Defense Show, and I'm your host, Skip Coriel. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, the United States Concealed Carry Association, shootingclasses.com, and Centershot Indoor Gun Range for all your training and equipment needs. Now we're going to introduce a return veteran to the show. His name is Van Nguyen. Van, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Thanks, Skip. Well, Van, you did a great job last time you were on. I had a special topic that I wanted to talk about because you have some special experience, 26 years in the DEA, 35 total years in law enforcement. So you know a little bit about drug crime, do you not? Uh, maybe just a tad. <laughs> you have seen the worst of society, I would imagine. Unfortunately, I have. I always said when you become a police officer, you see a different level of society. When you become a detective, you peel a layer back. But when you become a drug agent, you pretty much have peeled everything back and you are seeing the worst of the worst sometimes, unfortunately. I just watched a movie last night called Sound of Freedom. Uh, yes. Great have you seen that movie? I have an excellent movie. Don't tell anybody this, but I, I cried. <laughs> I cried <laughs> during that movie. You know, this big, bad old Marine cried while watching this movie. It was just so sad. You know, and drugs were a big 
part of that. Drugs seem to be a wild card. They seem to bring out the worst in any human being who becomes addicted to them. Yeah, they do. And unfortunately, Americans have a pretty big appetite for them. They like to party. They like to do their weekend stuff. And I don't think the average person that does that realizes what that's actually doing to the country because it's it's a much bigger problem than the guy who sniffs a couple lines of cocaine over the weekend for a big party. There's a, something that goes all the way back to other countries and certainly our border security. There's just a lot involved when drugs, especially drugs that are foreign sourced, come into our country. Well, it just seems like when you take illegal drugs, you're not just getting high or having a good time it's like you're helping to prop up a criminal organization that is incredibly cruel and violent and heinous i don't think people think about that when taking their recreational drugs no they, they don't and i would like to think if they did think about it they would stop what they're doing but i'm not sure that's the case either but especially when you're talking about human trafficking or just drug trafficking in, in general where you're talking about international organizations drug cartels those folks are absolutely ruthless they kill women children cops military they kill everybody they don't discriminate when it comes to somebody getting in their way so they're that's a really brutal groups that do this and you are contributing to it. If you're if you're doing anything like that, then you're part of the problem, unfortunately. Uh, I haven't witnessed the same things that that you have, but I've come to the belief that there are certain things that are wild cards. They just change everything. And and one of those is addictions. When you become addicted to drugs or alcohol, you become a totally different person than you normally would be. And you just do things that you normally wouldn't do. Oh, absolutely. When I was younger, you know, when it comes to alcohol, sometimes we'd call it liquid courage because uh, you're much more likely to do something really stupid yeah. uh, after you've had a few beers, but drugs are even worse. And then once you become addicted, now you're, you have the situation where you'll commit crimes to get more drugs. You know, not to mention you're committing a crime when you're getting the drugs originally, then, and you're committing a crime using them, then you're committing crimes to get money to get more. So they kind of touch everything. And a lot of property crimes and even robberies are linked to or associated with, with drugs or drug use. Again, you get that bravery from being a little bit high and you do something really stupid. And maybe, you know, when you have a gun in your hand, not being mentally clear and focused is probably not a good idea. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. And we're speaking with Van Wynn. Retired a DEA agent. I'm going to get personal here. My second wife was addicted to drugs and alcohol, and we were married for seven years. We had two kids together, and it was incredibly heartbreaking because when she wasn't taking drugs or drinking too much, she was just a really wonderful person. She loved me, she loved our kids, but once she started taking drugs or drinking, it was like uh, a switch was flipped. It even changed her while she was sober. She would binge on drugs and alcohol. And she might go a week or two and then stop for a month and then start up again because that's just the way the addiction worked for her. And I remember wow. one time she would leave it at night when I got home from work. She'd meet me at the door and hand me the kid and take off, right? And I remember after three or four days of that, on this one binge, I just said, I've had enough of this. You know, she met me at the door. She handed me the kid. And I said, no, no, you're not going. You're going to stay home. And she says, she said, try and stop me. And I was desperate. 
I walked back behind the car and she said, you better move. And I said, I said, no, I'm not going to move. If you want to leave tonight, you're going to have to run over me. She didn't hesitate. She started up that car. She threw it in reverse and she slammed down on the accelerator. And I barely got out of the way in time. I was holding our one-year-old son at the time. That was an incredible wake up for me because I didn't realize how powerful a drug addiction really was. That's uh, that's heartbreaking to hear. And I, it's uh, it's not something I'd wish on my worst enemy. But uh, you, yeah, you went through a lot personally. And and but that, that like you said, that shows you exactly what it does, because she was so addicted that that addiction, she gave up everything that was important for that addiction. Yeah. Everything that should matter. She gave up for that addiction, including you and her, her child for a mother to give up their child. That's a that's a really tough thing. And, and I think that's one of the reasons it, it's so important that we have, you know, organizations like the DEA and all the law enforcement that there is. I mean, cops, we routinely call, you know, alcohol stupid juice uh, <laughs> because you already alluded. It makes us dumber. Right. What do you think about legalizing marijuana across the country. Do you think that's wise or unwise? What's your opinion? Personally, I think it's a very bad idea. There's a lot of things in, in uh, marijuana that are horrible for you. A lot of people go, well, marijuana is not much worse than alcohol. And maybe it isn't on that initial aspect. You know, DEA always referred to marijuana as a gateway drug. So you start with alcohol, then you get a little drunk. Hey, I'm not afraid to smoke a little weed. Then you smoke a little weed. Well, I'm not afraid to try a little cocaine. And, you know, it just kind of progresses. The really big thing to think about is these transnational criminal groups that are doing these things. Most drug trappers now are what we call poly drug trappers. So that they're not just a cocaine or a heroin or a marijuana trafficking organization. They, they traffic everything. So when you start making marijuana legal, you're pretty much legalizing their source of income. You're legalizing what they're doing. Of course, the other big issue is then we have our own citizens say, well, I'll grow it just like we grow a tobacco crop or we grow a corn crop. So they start growing marijuana and selling it supposedly within the legal guidelines. But the problem is most don't stay within the legal guidelines. Grow more, most ship it out of the state. As my dad always told me, it's hard to make a good deal with a bad person. And a lot of these people are <laughs> criminals. That's a good they one. were growing marijuana before it was legal now that it's legal they just stepped into it and suddenly yeah. you have bad people doing supposedly legal things so and it, it just doesn't work yeah this is skip Corey line home defense show we're out of time for this segment but coming up next we're going to continue our conversation with van win retired dea agent and we're going to talk about all this drugs and how they affect crime in the united states during the break go ahead and get on the treadmill and get back in physical shape but be careful because you're not as young and spry as you used to be. God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Avoid danger, save lives, and keep your loved ones safe. If this sounds good to you, you sound good to me. And I'd like to help you do those things. Avoid danger, save lives, and keep your loved ones safe. If you're looking for more excitement in your life, we have nothing to offer you. But if you are a thoughtful, responsible, nonviolent man or woman, we'd love to teach you what to do if something crazy happens. More importantly, we'd like to teach you what not to do. We currently have over half a million members. They are doctors and single moms and firemen and grand 
grandmothers and veterans and Democrats and Republicans and members of every faith. But the one thing they all have in common is that they know exactly what to do if something crazy happens. When you're with one of our members, you are safe. Our members know how to de-escalate situations. They know how to calm things down. We are the United States Concealed Carry Association. See what we're all about at usconcealedcarry.com. Discover the little-known backstory of the U.S. Concealed Carry Association at usconcealedcarry.com. The mere sound of his voice makes women swoon and men storm the gates of hell. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. Okay, folks, welcome back to the Home Defense Show. I'm your host, Skip Coriel. And now let's continue our conversation with Van Wynn, retired uh, DA agent. And we're talking all about crime in America, drugs, alcohol, all the things that make crime so bad. Tell me, Van, is it getting worse? Is it getting better? Is it staying the same? What What do you think? Well, uh, first of all, how do, you, how do you measure an unknown quantity? So that's beyond my uh, ability. The war on drugs or ever how you want to classify it. Uh, we seize a lot. We do a lot. It seems like every year we seize more, we do more, but doesn't seem to be having a huge effect. You know, when it comes to our own citizens, what this comes down to is behavior modification. I can't really make Skip behave. Skip can't make Van behave. We have to kind of do that ourselves. I think it's probably gotten worse. It's certainly gotten worse with some of the drugs that are coming into this country, like fentanyl, for example. Mm -hmm. uh, and there are many fake pharmaceutical drugs, such as, you know, pain medicines, pain pills, oxycodone, hydrocodone, whatever, that are not actual pharmaceutically made, they're made overseas and they have fentanyl in them. And if it's not mixed right, you get one with a little too much fentanyl in it and guess what? You overdose and die. So that's what makes fentanyl so dangerous is it's what, like unstable or? No, it's not the fentanyl itself. It's the manufacturing process. So when a big pharmaceutical company makes medicine, you know, and of course they make thousands of thousands of pills at a time, but they have a very very set, well-guided, very well-monitored process of how everything is mixed. Illicit drug trafficking organization does this. They may mix it up in a 55-gallon barrel with a boat paddle. Think about making a cake mix. If you, you know, I'm not a baker, but if, if you don't mix something good, if you've ever had a cake that wasn't mixed good and you get a bite, like one bite's a little messed up or there's too much, it's lumpy or whatever, that's the problem when you start mixing in fentanyl. If it's not dispersed, equally among everything, then you're going to have some pills that have almost no fentanyl and other pills are going to have 10 times more because fentanyl is so potent, just a tiny little bit will kill you. So it's not like we're dealing with lots and lots of power, just a tiny little bit of it will, will overdose you and kill you. In this country, we probably have 100,000 people a year close to it overdose and die. Mm -hmm. A terrible thought just came to me while you were explaining all of that. I can see certain people out there arguing that that's exactly why we should make fentanyl legal so that it can be <laughs> made professionally so that it's safer. I, well, I, just, I see that happening. Well, first of all, fenton fentanyl is legal if you have a prescription for it. It is already a, a pharmaceutical drug that is used to have fentanyl patches. They give people fentanyl after surgery. There's a lot of uses for fentanyl. The, the problem here is this is illicit made fentanyl. So again, it's not made through the, the same manufacturing or the, nearly the standards that a pharmaceutical company is making it. And so 
again, it's it's a very it's a per, very powerful, but they're not shipping fentanyl. I'm, they're also shipping in or smuggling in pills that, that look like something else. So let's go back to the the addiction issue for a minute. You have somebody who's addicted to pain pills on an opioid, whether it's oxycodone or whatever. Let's just say oxycodone. And they have a prescription. Let's say, you know, they have to have this pain medicine because they have a legitimate problem. They go to a pain specialist. Well, what happens after a while of taking pain meds that it takes more to get the same effect? It's it's like we call it chasing the dragon because you can never quite get back to where you were. The first time you got high, you got on it, and then you're always chasing it. This is what they refer to chasing the dragon, especially doing heroin. For somebody to maybe they keep having to up their pain dosage to take care of their pain. Eventually, they they are addicted, whether it's legally or not. I mean, they may be legally addicted because they are dependent upon this medicine to be able to function. But then at some point, you know, their doctor says, "Hey, you've got too much. I'm not. You're you're, you're doing too much. They cut you off, or they won't give you any more." Now that this person steps outside of legal practices and says, you know what, I just need a few extra pills and I get them off the street and it's got fentanyl in it instead of oxycodone and it's not well mixed and they take yeah. one pill and it kill them. Yeah. Yeah. This is Skip Coriolan, Home Defense Show, and we're speaking with Van Wynn, retired DEA agent, about fentanyl. Everyone's always talking about the porous southern border. I've never mm-hmm. been to the southern border. All I know is what I hear on the news, and I don't believe half of what I hear on the news. In your experience, are all these drugs coming from the southern border? Are they being manufactured in the U.S.? What, what's the, the story behind that? Unfortunately, I have been on the border. I've, I've worked on the border. A, a huge amount of our drugs come through our southern border. Absolutely. The other thing that comes through our southern border, along with those drugs and human trafficking, are terrorists. The way our country is right now, the border open, there is just no telling how many, not not only drugs, but how many terrorists, how many just bad people are now in this country. While drugs come in every different way, the southern border is probably the, the biggest way. Now, some of the stuff is manufactured. You can, unfortunately, you can mail order fentanyl from China and get it in your mail if, if the Postal Service doesn't get you and mix it up and manufacture your stuff. And that happens a lot here. If it's not mixed properly, you kill somebody. You, if I sell it to you and you sell it to somebody else and they sell it to a, another person, that person ODs, guess what? Every one of us are on the hook for that homicide. You are probably for controlling the Southern border better than it's being controlled right now. Well, right now it's not being controlled at all, in my opinion. So, <laughs> you <yes>. agree. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a very huge proponent of securing our country, putting America first, making uh, our country secure. I'm all about helping others, and I think we should help other countries. We're a very fortunate and rich nation, but we have to take care of our own folks first, and we have to take care of our own country first. I think it's a national security threat, if you ask me. It's something that it's gotten so bad, we almost need our military down there. I agree with you, because we don't even know how many have come in, who has come in. We don't vet anyone. It's like, I can't find any other country in the world that just says, hey, come on in here. We'll give you free food. We'll give you free money. We'll give you clothing. We'll put you up at a hotel. It just seems crazy to me. We just can't afford to keep doing it. I mean, you see all these sanctuary cities struggling financially because they're spending millions on all these illegal immigrants. I have no issue with somebody wanting to come to this country uh, and make a better life for themselves. I think that's admirable and it's brave to leave your country and come here, but you got to do it legally and you got to do it the right way. 
Van, what would you say to young people who are taking drugs? What advice would you give them about drugs? You need to really take a step back and look at what you're doing. Taking drugs is not a long-term thing. It's not something you can do for an, especially if you start taking hard drugs. You're not going to do this for an extended period of time without causing yourself serious harm if, if you don't end up o overdosing and dying. Yeah. You affect everybody around you when you do this. It affects your family. It affects your friends. It affects your job. It affects your performance. You're thinking that it's harmless. It's not. Uh, there's plenty of law enforcement officers, DEA agents who have died trying to combat this. And to me, you're spitting on their grave by continuing to do this behavior. I agree with you. I also think that the idea of contributing and supporting murderers, because drug cartels, they are incredibly brutal and heinous. I mean, they will take a chainsaw and cut someone's head off. That's how evil these people really are. Again, I don't think the average American thinks about that, but uh, you're exactly right. Anything that makes money, they, they do it. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you get in their way, they will kill you. And they, they like to make examples, especially the cartels. They really like to make examples of people who get in their way and string up their bodies, leave them out for you know everybody to see. And some places in, in Mexico, if the cartel strings up a body, you better not be the one to try to take it down. People listening today, now they know exactly what they're doing when they take drugs. So, Van, thank you very much for being on the show today. Before you go, tell people how they can get a hold of you for firearms training, self-defense stuff. Sure. Uh, I have a, when I retired, I started a company uh, called Reticent Warrior Tactics. Uh, you can find us at reticentwarriortactics.com. There's a lot of information. We have a lot of courses. We uh, teach here in Savannah, but we're also mobile. We'll go pretty much anywhere to teach. Our focus is law enforcement, but uh, we also do a lot of citizen training too, because that's what pays the bills. All right, Van, uh, you've been great, uh, but we're out of time. This is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show. Coming up next, we'll have our self-defense report brought to you by shootingclasses.com. During your break, go ahead and check out our sponsors, USCCA at uscca.com, Centershot Indoor Gun Range at centershotgunrange.com and shootingclasses.com. God bless and stay safe. We will be right back. Firearms training should be easy. Instructors can focus on teaching and not worry about all the complex paperwork and management behind the scenes. Just pull the trigger and let us do the administrative work. Welcome to shootingclasses.com. At Centershot Gun Range, we are passionate about training. Don't know where to start? We offer a one-hour new shooter seminar to introduce you to the world of firearms and help you find training opportunities specific to you. Concealed carry, home defense, firearm safety, AR-15, private one-on-one -on -one training, custom training, or maybe you're on a security team looking to protect your church or business. We even offer weekday morning and evening classes. Centershot Gun Range has you covered. Start your journey at centershotgunrange.com. Firearms training should be easy. Instructors can focus on teaching and not worry about all the complex paperwork and management behind the scenes. Just pull the trigger and let us do the administrative work. Welcome to shootingclasses.com. He's no Einstein, but he can read and write and feed himself just like a big boy. Welcome back to the Home Defense Show with Skip Coriel. 
And that was the beautiful and sultry voice of Golden Glenn, the official announcer of the Home Defense Show. And I'm your host, Skip Coriel. Don't forget to check out our sponsors, United States Concealed Carry Association, shootingclasses.com, and Center Shot Indoor Gun Range for all your training and equipment needs. And now it's time for our weekly self-defense report, sponsored by shootingclasses.com. And today we're speaking with firearms instructor Steve Selzy from the great state of Missouri. Steve, welcome to the Home Defense Show. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Tell me a little bit about your organization down there. I own Extreme Krav Maga Fitness, along with our firearms company, which is Extreme Tactical Defense. And we've been the uh, leader of self-defense training here in St. Louis since we've started. You know, there's different styles of Krav Maga, just like, you know, there's good and bad of any martial arts and coaches out there that are weekend warriors that get their certificate online and then go and start teaching. Um, you know, that that's definitely not us. I am, you know, the only second degree Krav Maga black belt through Krav Worldwide, um, you know, in the state of Missouri. We are affiliated with only organizations who we feel that is on the cusp of personal defense training. So I always continue to evolve and, and learn that I can pass that information on to, you know, my instructors so that we can pass that information on to our students because, you know, the way that attackers think and, and attack, not that it's changing a bunch, but they are getting smarter with cyber crimes and being able to stalk people on Facebook and those types of things where they're starting to think a little bit more outside of the box. Well, I look forward to your analysis here. Steve, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to read an, an article here on a crime in St. Louis, and then we're going to kick it back and forth and just do some armchair quarterbacking here, okay? Sure. The St. Louis Metropolitan Police Department is sending a dire warning to residents after an armed robber was shot and killed at a gas station near downtown St. Louis. The incident happened around 6 a.m. Wednesday at the Zoom Golf Gas Station near the intersection of North Tucker Boulevard and O'Fallon Street. Quote, we are having some of these incidents where people are pumping gas and people are coming up stealing their vehicles or stealing belongings out of their vehicles, said Captain Pierre Benoist. So we ask everyone, be mindful of their surroundings, take their key fob with them while they're at the gas station, because there has been somewhat of a spike in these types of incidents at gas stations. Garrica Harris was on her way to work and needed gas when she saw the crime scene. I'm tired of this going on. People work hard for their things. I'm coming to get gas for work, and for that to happen, Harris said, it's not good at all. It needs to be stopped. Police said a man attempted to rob the driver of a white Chevy Malibu while he was getting gas, but the victim shot the suspect. The suspect ran about half a block from the scene. He later collapsed and died from his injuries. St. Louis homicide detectives are investigating the incident and pulling surveillance video from the gas station to see what led to the shooting. Police say firearms were recovered from both the deceased suspect and the patron. Now, that's pretty much all we know about this specific incident. What are your key takeaways on this event, but more importantly, these types of events that seem to be happening more often? This is one of those things of why people ask, you know, why I, I moved out of St. Louis. It, <laughs> it, it's just gotten, you know, worse and, and worse, these petty crimes, you know, over, over nothing. Nobody won in that situation. And then last night by my place up here, there was a domestic violence shooting at Walmart in the parking lot. And of course, you know, a friend of a friend was there running video and, you know, it started going viral and stuff. And it's, it's just insane. So a couple of things that I, that I think about and that we teach is, you know, always to be hyper aware in transitional spaces, which a gas station from your car to the gas pump from your car to inside the store is one of those. 
We recommend always paying at the pump if possible. Avoid having to go in to pay or grab snacks or whatever it might be. You know, there's a part of that article that says, I hear gunshots all the time. That's normal. And it's unfortunate, you know, that that is normal. So you don't really know when it's uh, directed towards you or, or someone else. So we like to get people in the mindset of situational awareness being tossed around as a buzzword all the time. But are you actually paying attention to your surroundings? Are you driving through the gas station before you park your car? Just make one circle around. Are you looking inside the, the windows and the doors to see what's going on inside? Is, is the place being held up currently? Um, what are the vehicles and the people that are sitting outside, standing outside, you know, are you parking next to other vehicles at the pump? Or did you go to a pump where there's there's nobody next to you that could that could ambush you? So just all those things that take literally like three seconds to analyze, and that could potentially prevent, you know, a situation like this happening. If you see something sketchy, you just keep going to the next gas station. This is Skip Corella, and you're listening to the Self-Defense Report sponsored by shootingclasses.com as we discuss self-defense with Steve Salzi from Missouri. Yeah, Steve, I agree with everything uh, that you've said. One thing that I've noticed with most people who carry a gun for personal defense, a lot of them, they're just not very well-rounded protector and defenders. They want to feel safe, so they go out, they buy a gun, they might get training, they might not get training, but that's all they have. So when they're attacked, they don't have any open-handed skills, they don't have any situational awareness, they just automatically go to the gun every single time. So that's one of the reasons I highly recommend people get some type of open-handed skills like Krav Maga so that they have some other options because 85% of altercations don't rise to the level of deadly force. In this case, it did. But a lot of times it really doesn't. So I appreciate the open-handed skills. In situations like this, it's always easy, like you said, to, to quarterback it and say, well, this could have been prevented. But a lot of these issues really could have. What happened before person got shot? Was there some verbal exchanges? And, and what we see when we run scenarios in class so we're very big on decision-making because anybody can shoot a gun. You don't need to have sight acquisition and good grip and good stance for a defensive shooting that's happening within five feet, which is where most of them are. So what we would rather have people focus on is decision-making. You know, are you trying to disengage from that situation or, or what you're saying to that potential attacker? Are you escalating the situation? So when comes when somebody comes up and you know asks for change or asks for the time and you know they're a bit sketchy looking and then you're like you cuss at them or or are aggressive to make them go back which you in your mind you think makes sense but what that does is that engages them and then the mentality of an attacker their psychology wants to one up you and then you end up making yourself the victim as to where you know we teach a, a phrase that sorry I can't help you sorry I can't help you no matter what they say sorry I can't help you. So we ingrain that into our students. So somebody comes up, asks for money, asks for the time, directions, even approaches you and is and is nonverbal. Sorry, I can't help you. And then what we train them to look for is what is their response? Are they like, oh, sorry, sorry, man, didn't mean to startle you, or oh, so you know, sorry, ma'am, you know, I just wanted to know what the time was. What is their response after that? And if that response isn't a normalized response, we need to understand and recognize that that's that red alert. Now, now something is off. What are their actual intentions? And then understanding, you know, the potential of what can happen next and then knowing how to respond to those different variables. So we call those pre-incident indicators, you know, where you're kind of profiling the situation, the person and taking in all of these variables and then analyzing that literally in a nanosecond 
of, you know, what's my next move. That's amazing, Steve, how many people never get any type of training like that. I see the value in many altercations. They start out verbal and then they escalate and people just don't know how to de-escalate because it's a self-defense skill that they never learned before. Yeah, it's one of those that you don't think that it's going to happen to you until it does. We live in a very reactive society. So, you know, we we do a lot of active shooter defense training and, you know, we'll put a, a random seminar out and, and we'll get 10 people to register. But if we put one out right after an incident has occurred, they sell out within three days. Yeah, And it's unfortunate yeah. that violence drives our business. But, you know, our goal is to not obviously not capitalize on these events, but to get more people trained so that these events can be mitigated and or just stop happening. But people have to open their eyes, put their phones down, pay attention to what's around them and realize that criminals do not care. They don't care whether you, you know, go home. And our mantra in Krav Maga is so that one may walk in peace. You know, everybody that's a good citizen has that right to be able to defend themselves. Steve, that's awesome. You've given us a great analysis, some really good advice. Tell the listeners, how can they find out more about you? Where can they find out? Maybe your website, perhaps. Yeah, we're on all the social media sites. Uh, easiest thing would be uh, through our website, xkmstl.com for the Krav Maga. And then for our firearms, xtdstl.com. Steve, thank you very much for being on the Home Defense Show today. Thank you. Okay, folks, this is Skip Coriel on Home Defense Show, and that about wraps it up for this week's show. I've had a good time, and I hope you have too. Please don't forget to thank our sponsors, Centershot Indoor Gun Range at centershotgunrange.com, shootingclasses.com to help you find the right trainer for your needs, and the United States Concealed Carry Association. For all your self-defense needs, go to uscca.com. Oh yeah, before I forget, I've written 20 plus books and they're all available on amazon.com in paperback, ebook, and audiobook. This week, check out one of my novels, The God Virus. I think you'll like it. Please join us again next week for all your home defense needs. In the meantime, God bless and stay safe. Thank you for joining us this week on The Home Defense Show. Now, get out there and protect the ones you love. We'll see you next week with more of the best. Bye-bye, boys! Have fun storming the castle!